Now, back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett & Dunn, Boot & Jean Company, and Collierville. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Welcome back in to Sports Time. Bryant and Brett with you as we start our third and final hour. And thanks to ESPN, we had to make a mad dash to switch it from ESPN to ESPN2 so we could watch the conclusion of the famous Toastry Bowl. Of course, we now did. in overtime. A good game. A great uh, game. But it really has been a great game. Well, we got to talk Tiger football. Jonah Dillon, he joins us now uh, from uh, on the Tiger football beat for the commercial appeal. Jonah, thanks so much for joining us. A lot to get to um, today, but I want to start off with the breaking news from last night. South Carolina transfer Mario Anderson, who was their leading rusher last year, committed to Memphis last night over USC and Oklahoma that were listed um, as his three finalists along with Memphis. What did you make of that? I know it caught a lot of people as a surprise that a guy that was a leading rusher in the SEC would choose the University of Memphis over teams like USC in Oklahoma. Yeah, it's, it's a really big deal. It was kind of trending in that direction. It looked like over the last week or so, and obviously it was it was surprising even when we saw that final three or final four. Um, anytime Memphis is, is next to those schools in the recruiting battle, that's a good sign for yeah. the Tigers and for what they're building. I think there's a couple things to unpack, and obviously you know we'll hear from him hopefully coming up in the next week or so, and, and we can kind of see you know how, how he went through that process, but. Um, Looking at what Blake Watson did this year as a as a transfer running back coming to play Memphis for one year mm-hmm. and being obviously rushed for a thousand yards had a really big role in the offense um, definitely showed that he could play at a higher level than he was playing before. Although um, obviously respect to ODU in the Toast Tree Bowl um, and uh, I I think it looks like you know you never really know with some of these things. Um, you look at an offer, you know, what was the offer from USC? Would he have been the starter? Um, what's the NIL kind of deal? What are all those things? What was his role going to be? Because you're looking at a guy who has one season left. So, um, you've got to maximize that. Mm-hmm. And I think he probably saw in Memphis, you know, obviously Blake Watson is going to be gone and there's going to be an opportunity there. And it is a really big get and, and he should be expected to do really well next season. And, and what this is really proving, Jonah, is out there in the NIL portal world, they want to play, they want to play immediately, and they really don't care. And, I, and I'm not dismissing in anybody's brand, stripe, logo. They want to play and play immediately. In fact, here's the example I'm really thinking of. It's, it's not here. It's 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 McCourt, uh, McCourt, the quarterback at Ohio State. Yeah, yeah, that's one too. I think I think the thing also with this is, and, and obviously every situation is different. You never know why someone chooses to go somewhere else. And McCourt obviously is a good example. He left to be the quarterback at Ohio State to go to Syracuse, um, but. I think there is something there with Memphis and running back. I think that if, if we're talking about a receiver yeah. or a different position of this caliber, is Memphis going to have the same ability to get him? I don't know that they would. Um, I think that there's there's a track record. Like you saw his agency posted a graphic of him you know, in front of all these Memphis running backs who played in the NFL. Like That's a pretty good selling point for, hey, come here for a year. Look mm-hmm. at what these other guys have done when they've been here. Look at what Blake Watson did this year. Um, and I think that there's, there's a difference with what Memphis has done specifically with running backs. When you're recruiting a running back, Memphis is going to be at a higher level than they would be with some other position. Great point. And Ryan Silverfield has shown through the years, now he's got to really work some magic here. 
he can cobble together a sufficient offensive line. Yeah, yeah we'll see. We'll see who comes in. Uh, there's there's a lot of work to do there. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, Jacob likes think he's going to go to the NFL. is a huge loss. Uh, he was an important player. He's been an important player. And obviously, someone who's from Memphis and really beloved by the fans. Um, so there's a lot of work to do there, and it's going to be really important because a lot of the skill position guys look really good. They're going to have a lot of the receivers back. They're going to have Mario Anderson. They're going to have Seth Hennigan back. Um, and they're going to need a lot of new offensive linemen. And it doesn't work if the quarterback doesn't have time to throw, and it doesn't work if the running back doesn't have lanes to run through. Yeah. Um, and so you can kind of circle all that right now. And this, is, this is the biggest need, especially on the offense. Absolutely. Well, speaking of the transfer portal, Jonah, you know, a lot of people, you know, talk a lot about the portal and obviously you want to go out and get experienced guys, but uh, early signing day coming up, what does the class of high school prospects look like for the Tigers this year? Yeah, um, looking at the rankings, it's ranked a little bit lower than it has been than it was last season, um, but all this stuff changes so much and obviously there's there's so much mm-hmm. with recruiting, especially at a high school now where, um, you know, you never know what a guy's going to look like once you know, he's really in the program. And if you look at what this team has been under Ryan Phillips, especially the past couple of years, we're not seeing really any true freshmen playing significant roles. Um, but I will say, you know, a lot of teams, and Memphis included, obviously gets a lot, a lot of guys from the transfer portal, but there are a lot of players that have been developed through this program, um, which is still something that exists in college football, even though there's less of it than, than they used to. So when I look at this class, you're going to see a lot of guys, I think, who um, won't play immediately, mm-hmm. but if we look at them in two or three years, there are going to be some guys who are probably going to be better than, than we expected um, and are going to improve just being in the program for a couple of years. Jonah, when asked about Liberty Bowl ticket sales, Athletics Director Laird Veach basically said they need to pick up a little bit. They've, they've been a little slow. First, what do you attribute kind of the slowness of sales to? And having been here all these years, here's one thing I think will help. As we get closer and we can tighten up that forecast, people looking at that weather forecast, and if it looks a little more promising, I think that helps. What do you attribute, though, so far to the slower sales, as stated by Laird Veach? Yeah, I think it goes back to, I remember we were talking about, before Memphis was in the Liberty Bowl, talking about it being a possibility and saying that's interesting because, you know, they've been asking for more attendance at home games this year, uh, and they haven't gotten the numbers that they really wanted. And so now you're basically, in that sense, you're saying, hey, come to watch us play again. And a lot of fans who haven't wanted to see them play all season, maybe they're not going to come to that game, especially if it's, if it's cold out. Um, I think also there's, you know, they know Iowa State is going to travel pretty well, and people are still expecting that, and they did last time they played here. Um, and if you're Memphis, you don't want there to be more Iowa State fans in the stadium uh, than mm-hmm. Memphis fans. It's just obviously not a good look. Um, and so I think there's work too. I think, like you said, the forecast, you know, it sounds mundane, but like that's a big deal. Are you going to go stand in the cold uh, all day, and especially if it's raining or something? Um, when you're a fan of a you know, team in a bowl game and you traveled, obviously you're going to go to the game. But if you're a Memphis fan, maybe you're kind of thinking, ah, if I decide the day, the day before that week, maybe I'll go uh, because you could just drive there. You don't have to travel. I think that that also means there will be some more people yeah. probably will decide to buy tickets last minute. So we'll see what those numbers are um, you know, as we get closer. For what it's worth, at AccuWeather right now, hmm. the forecast for Thursday, uh, December the 28th, high of 57, low of 39. Hmm. There have been a lot of Liberty Bowls played in worse weather than that. Oh, yeah, like the last time. We've got to get clear skies. we got to get clear skies. That's it. 
That's right. Yeah. Well, when you look at this Iowa State team, Jonah, what do you expect to see uh, when the Tigers go up against them in a couple weeks? Yeah, I think they're they're a pretty well rounded team. Um, they've got a couple. They got a pair of good receivers um, combined for about fifteen hundred yards, and uh, and they've lost a couple of running backs to the portal. But I believe that their top running back will, will be there. Um, they've been kind of an up and down team all year. Their last five games, they alternated wins and losses every game, and they had some. You know, they played closely against some some ranked teams. They obviously played a tougher schedule than Memphis did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if you saw their last game against Kansas State, which was in like a blizzard. <laughs> That's right. Uh, some incredible videos and pictures from that game. If you haven't seen them, definitely go check it out. Um, so they'll be ready for the, <laughs> for the cold weather. You know, they'll be they'll be very prepared for it. Um, and you know, like I said, we're talking about a team in the Big Twelve uh, going up against that level of competition. They they're going to be a physical team. Um, they're going to come in and expect to win, and they're going to be favorites, and, and understandably so. Um, and I think, you know, it's going to come down to what does Memphis look like? You know, we still need to figure out what the offensive line is going to look like, still some some holes that have been created by the transfer portal. Um, and I think Iowa State will be coming here, you know, expecting that they're going to win. You head back to city council duties tomorrow. I said earlier you go back to court, not court of law, hmm. but back to the <laughs> legal process. Tomorrow, please tell me, Jonah, tomorrow is going to be a little handshaking, maybe a little posturing, and at the end of the day, a pretty good, clean deal. Yeah, that's what the expectation is. Um, we've got the, the expectation now from conversations that I've had today is um, there's going to be some kind of an amendment um, to what was discussed last time in terms of the resolution. There will be some sort of, basically, there will be some sort of amended deal to the original deal, uh, it will not be a major change. So it'll be something, you know, obviously I'll have a story and I'll explain exactly what it is. Um, it's not going to be a huge change to what has been reported previously or what was discussed previously. Um, they're, they're going to discuss it at the full council meeting, which they did not do last time. Last time it was just in a committee. Um, and from everything that I've heard, the expectation is that it's going to be passed tomorrow. Um, now, as for the whole stadium situation, it doesn't mean we're going to stop talking about it. There's going to be a whole nother list of next steps for Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. And then obviously we need to mm-hmm. go back to FedEx, FedEx Forum, mm-hmm. um, which if you did, you know, going back to that is actually a whole other kind of worms, which was opened at the last city council meeting when Councilman Chase Carlo basically said he's had conversations where they said you need $550 million in the next three years and they don't have that right now. So someone's going to have to go figure out how to make that happen or negotiate a deal. Um, so this, this whole story isn't going away, but this part of it, um, and at least having the opportunity to start breaking ground potentially early next year on Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium, we are close to hopefully being able to to be done with that part of it um, tomorrow afternoon. And it'll be two years. Actual finish, completed, everything shined up. Won't be until opening day of 26. Yeah, well, I don't know. You know, the thing is, we've been told for a while that there's a certain time frame which was contingent on starting right after the Liberty Bowl. Now, obviously, we're a week away from that. It seems unlikely they're going to just be ready to go that quickly with how long this has dragged out. You know, they, they originally wanted this to be to be done earlier. It's obviously taken long. Nine and four, Brian had... I'm sorry. Go ahead, uh, Jonah. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and so it's going to, you know, it's going to uh, to take some time, I think, It'll probably take about that long, but we won't. Hopefully, we'll get some more details tomorrow. But we won't know the time frame until 
everything is done, they have the money, and they can kind of plan out what it's going to look like. So it seems like tomorrow, from what I'm hearing from you and, and, and Brett, it sounds like tomorrow's formalities. You Do you expect a worst-case scenario tomorrow? No, I mean, that would be pretty surprising. Uh, based, yeah, on, yeah. based on what I've heard, I would That's be surprised good. now. I, I will say I've, I've, I've done more reporting this time than I did last time because last time I was a little bit blindsided by what happened. <laughs> um, but that's on me, obviously. And, and I, I don't think, I think other people were, you know, it, it was kind of. I think it was collective blindside. Yeah, I think we were all blindsided. Yeah, I think it was surprising to hear, um, to hear all of the different things. And, and not only, you know, a lot of people on social media are going after one or two people on city council, but. The reality is, like, we were sitting in that meeting, and it was almost everybody up there yeah. was voicing a different concern. It was different things that were coming up. And so there were a lot of concerns from city council about the way that the deal came together. Um, and I think they've had a lot of conversations behind closed doors in the last two weeks. They've ironed out what those concerns were. They've ironed out concerns about the process, and some of that goes deeper than just this deal. And that goes to the administration. Um, and they feel a lot more confident with where they are now. So... I would be pretty surprised if, if we have something similar tomorrow. But um, as you guys know, and I've talked about before, covering local government, uh, mm-hmm. you, re- you really do never know. So uh, <laughs> you got to always have that caveat. That, that's for sure. Do you think most people understand that once the Grizzlies, they, they settle on the money amount, they get the money, that the Grizzlies really aren't going to do that much with FedEx Forum, that it's the reimagining of Bill Street and that area. Do you think people know that that's really where the lion's share of the big tranche of money is going to go to the Grizzlies? Well, it could be. I mean, I think I think we're so far. It feels like we're pretty far away from our resolution on that situation. And I think that even that part of it is going to be discussed um, as they go through that, because I think by the time they get to a deal or anything close to a deal with how much money they need and how they're going to get it, it's going to be very specifically earmarked for those kinds of things. Um, and the Grizzlies, you know, we haven't heard directly from the Grizzlies yet about what specifically they want to use the money for and how they're going to do it and how they're going to allocate all of that. Um, but yeah, there, there's a lot going on there. And like I said, that's why this story is going to continue because that that whole part of it is, is a totally separate thing and that's going to be going on for a while regardless of what happens tomorrow. When do you expect we hear something from the Grizzlies about what they plan, what they want, what they need with the money? Because, you know, you just saying that, maybe think, I mean, it seems like this whole way the Grizzlies have been really quiet, but when do you expect we hear something from them? Yeah, I think once this once this deal is done, then, you know, assuming that this, this goes through, right. of the $350 million, that means $120 million is going to go to the university for the Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium project. So that means the Grizzlies will know uh, that they've had a, they have that 230 million available to them. Obviously, like we said, they, according to the city council, they said they need 550 million. So that's a, that's a huge gap, right? That's more than $300 million. Um, I think the expectation is somebody's going to have to go to Nashville and ask them either for more money or for a way to generate money, as in, you know, taxes or bonds or something like that. And that process is going to take a while as, in fact, the local government, now we're talking about state government um, and lobbying and all those things, and that's probably going to go on next year. So mm. it's possible that we could have that going on in the background while they're waiting to see what the eventual, you know, how that's going to play out, and we'll go into next year um, without a resolution on, on that aspect of it, which is why I say, you know, this story is going to continue to go on mm-hmm. for a while.
and and Jonah, we'll see it all play out. I would bet almost anything that it will it will be the opposite of FedEx Forum on time and on budget. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this story already so far, you know, I only got here in December, but it's been going on for over a year. Uh, every time you talk to someone about it, they say that it's about to be done. Uh, and then something else happens and it gets delayed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even again, like even even with Twin Bank Liberty Stadium, like they could say they have the money. You know, by the way, they, they said they need to generate, they need to fundraise $50 million uh, in addition to the gift from Fred Smith and his family for $50 million. You know, you don't just do that overnight. You can't just get fifty million. If they could, they would have already done, it, right? So yeah. uh, that's a whole other process. Are they going to break ground on the stadium if they don't have the full amount of money that they need to finance the project? Right, that's a huge question. Um, and all those things are going to continue going forward, even if everything goes well tomorrow and they're able to, you know, they're in a position to break ground soon. So, yeah, this is. Uh, well, it feels like we're coming to maybe an end or a resolution tomorrow. Uh, I'm sure we'll be talking about this a lot uh, going into next year. Speaking with Jonah Dillon, the Tiger football beat writer for the Commercial Appeal. Uh, Jonah, last week the uh, Tigers conference opponents were announced. UAB Charlotte, North Texas Rice will be their home opponents in 2024. Navy, USF, UTSA, and Tulane will be um, their away AAC opponents next season. What would you make of that? Uh, certainly a, a tougher slate of games on the road next year, kind of as opposed to what it was this year with your, your two tough games, your two losses in conference play being at home. Yeah, uh, definitely the harder games are on the road. And even in the non-conference, obviously, you're going to have to go to Florida State, um, mm-hmm. which is the toughest game on the schedule. So it, it's they're going to have to earn it on the road next year. Um, you know, there's there's one school that says, well, the home games, you know, they should win all those games. But on the other hand, uh, it's going to be tough. If it was tough to drive attendance this year, it's going to be tough to drive attendance next year when you're looking at that level of opponent and a stadium that might be half demolished right so uh that's going to be something that we're going to have to follow uh, next season but yeah there's they should be favorites to win all those home games um and they should expect to win those home games and then they're going to have to go earn it at Tulane at UTSA and, and we expect USF to improve as well so there's some tricky games on the road next year and it'll be interesting to see how they respond yeah. in the end Friday night I know you were writing the story that ended up being a good story for Dylan Brooks. I was sorry he was at the excuse of the hometown team, but he really came back and 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 had a good game. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, story kind of wrote itself. Uh, it, uh, you know, he, he which late on a Friday night, you don't mind again. that, do you, Jonah? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I ended up. Uh, my colleague Mark Cinato actually ended up writing it because it was. It ended up in being more of a column. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had talked with Dylan earlier in the day about how the fans were going to perceive him. Um, and he wasn't really sure. And I thought it was really cool to see how the fans, you know, reacted to him. And then you saw he kind of got teary eyed um, when they played that tribute video, which I thought was really well done. It, it was a cool moment. And then, like you said, it just, it's just storybook. You know, he's, he's struggling a little bit, comes in in the fourth quarter and kind of takes control. And then he hits that huge shot over Desmond Bain, has words for the crowd and for everybody. Hmm. Um, so Michael saying that he, uh, he was saying that's why they paid me $80 million. Uh, so nice. it's one of those things you just can't make up, but it was, you know, obviously from a Grizzlies perspective, not ideal, but from one of those things where it's like, yeah, this is, this is always going to happen. It's kind of the, the way that the Grizzlies season has gone so far, right? 
like whatever whatever the worst scenario is or whatever crazy thing you think is going to happen it's probably going to happen uh, and it definitely did on friday yeah, it absolutely was a uh, a wild way to end the game. Uh, I guess a good return for him um, back to Memphis. But, Jonah, right. thanks so much for joining us. Uh, enjoy your Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, and, and Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy Holidays. Happy New Year to you guys. I appreciate you having me on. I've had a Thank blast. You, I'm excited to talk to you in 2024. Yeah. We will, and you be safe and enjoy going back home. I know you're looking yeah. forward to it. Thanks, Jonah. All right, I appreciate it. Thank you, Jonah. Jonah Dillon with us all football season long on just about every Monday talking the Memphis Tigers football team. And I think you, you read and you see and you hear with him just how how good he is and into the job that he is and has covered the Tigers so very well. And still one more big one for the Memphis Tigers, and that's the Liberty Bowl against Iowa State. Are you, are you going to brave the weather? Uh, I won't. No, no you'll, we'll be show you'll be here. You'll yeah. be here. So no, I I will thankfully be in the warmth uh, of this studio. Be, be following along like That's we did right. the Big Western Kentucky yes. win. Maybe we'll, more we'll more in depth analysis during the game. Getting close to Christmas, and if you're making plans for the big meal, you need to start it with the commissary nine zero one seven five four five five four zero. Or go online at commissarybbq.com and get on the list. Check it twice, just like you did at Thanksgiving, like you're going to do for next Monday. That smoked turkey, the homemade cornbread dressing, the gravy, cranberry sauce, mashed potatoes, green beans, rolls, butter, plates, utensils. They do it all except for clean up. Turkeys and hams, they've got you covered. The sides, the desserts, bulk pricing, a price point for everyone, 901 754 5540, let them do all the work. And you'll do it next year at Thanksgiving. You'll do it next year at Christmas from the commissary. Since 1981, all these holidays and all these get-togethers, the commissary have provided so much food and so much fun for all of us and still time for your group, the perfect place to go and celebrate with a big group at the Collierville Commissary at Houston Levy in Poplar or the original in Germantown. And if you're craving an easier way to order, text commissary to 33733. Memphis-style barbecue done the slow-cooked Memphis way. Dig into the ribs or the shoulder, chopped or pulled on a plate, on a sandwich, all the sides and all those appetizers to start off. They're big enough to be the entree. You can order it by the pound, a six-pack, an eight-pack, or a 12-pack. Get get ready for these holidays, all the bowl games, all the parties, all the festivities. Call 901 754 Five five four zero, or go online at commissarybbq.com in Collierville and Germantown. The party areas, orders to go, catering, tailgating, tailgating for the Tiger Bowl game. Always time for the holiday bird. You get it at the commissary. 901-754-5540 or online at commissarybbq.com. Well, that game was insane. Western Kentucky game of the bowl season. Me. It really was. 24 unanswered points um, for Western and Kentucky. And a group lock game. win. A group lock win. Brad, I don't know if you saw what happened towards the end of that game, but we get to overtime. It looks like Western Kentucky's going to get a stop, maybe force a long field goal. Um, they Old Dominion gets a first down. They get all the way up to the one-yard line. And Western Kentucky stops them, forces a fourth down. They go to kick a field goal. It's blocked. Western Kentucky gets the ball. They kind of struggle to move it at first, get a first down, line up a field goal, and uh, Hilltoppers run away with a win. And I'll say it again to the people that say these games don't matter. 
I wish you would just say they don't matter to me. Yeah. That, and that's fine. That's fine. I mean, it, it, it's different strokes for different folks. Sure. Some people drive red cars. Some drive blue. Some that's drive right. white cars. Yes. It's, it's your preference. Quit speaking in such generalities uh-huh. because a lot of people, they do matter to. They yes. do enjoy them. And did you see the thrill of victory on Western oh, Kentucky's man. players? Oh. Did you see the agony of defeat on ODU? Uh-huh. Uh, Tell them yeah. they don't matter in all that work. All these people that talk about the bowls not mattering, mm-hmm. just say they don't matter to you, yeah. and then we'll know where you're coming from. Sure. And like Johnny, I mean, Johnny's been there in, in the practices and in the game preparation as a, as a manager for the team. For Johnny the flew all the way to Hawaii and yeah. back and didn't play a day on yeah. yeah. So, I mean, they, they definitely <laughs> matter for And then sure. they practice. It's, it's a lot of preparation, yeah. man. When, when they didn't get the chance to play that bowl game, mm-hmm. they, a lot of them people would crush. Yeah, no, you're so, right. Yeah. It's a lot that goes into it. And for those guys, I mean, these bowl games uh, mean a lot. Maybe maybe there are a couple that, that decide to opt out, and, and it doesn't matter to those guys. But, you know, it still means a lot to a lot of people. Before we get to a break, i got to tell you about our friends over at Hewlett and Dunn Boot and Jean on the Stork Square in Collierville since 1961. Charles Hall, he started working there in his teens, and now with his wife, Laura, they own the place known for all the boots, but also clothing, accessories, and a cap for any team and for any season and we're getting close to christmas it's a week away next monday will be christmas day so a perfect time to head over to hewitt and dunn check out their western wear or their boots work boots safety toe soft toe rubber boots boots for every single occasion at hewitt and dunn and from head to toe they've got you covered with every brand imaginable like Ariette, dan post anderson bean whether for men or women they've got clothing jeans pants shirts shorts outerwear everything you could be looking for and the best duck head collection you'll find. Charles and Laura Hall invite you to 111 North Center Street on the square in Carville or to their website, HewlettDunn.com. If you're looking for some accessories, they've got them. Hats, sunglasses, boot care products in every area, team snapback, or cool hats you can think of, whether it be the Tigers, Mississippi State, UT, Ole Miss, or the Razorbacks. And for travel, their bag selection is top-notch. HewlettDunn.com, uh, but please head out to Carville, give them a visit, and say hello at 111 North Center Street on the square in Carville at Hewlett and Dunn. Let's go ahead and get to a break. When we come back, it'll be time for our Roost Chris Monday Night Football Pick and Preview. Also, our big four quarterbacks combined for the Eagles and the Seahawks. We'll do that next on Sports Time. Be sure to follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to watch live video of our shows, stay up to date with station events, and have chances to win prizes. Don't miss out on anything that's going on. Follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ. Now, back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett & Dunn Boot & Jean Company in Collierville. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Hello again, everyone. I'm Howard Cosell. Welcome aboard. Tonight in Seattle, where the Eagles are a four and a half point road favorite at Seattle. And Bryant, you know, one of my favorite sayings is water finds its level. Mm-hmm. 
And this weekend in the NFL, look around the league. Yeah. Water found its level on Tommy DeVito. <laughs> sure did. Even in victory, it found yes. it with it was 63-year-old Joe Flacco. Yeah. It found it with the Cowboys on the road. It finds it tonight. Seattle's not in the playoff picture. Mm. Okay, I know they are mathematically. I know the NFL loves sending out that press release. If you stand on one foot and a team wins by 85 points, while another one ties and three more go into overtime, then they can make the last. No, they're not. Seattle's not in it. They're not. So does that mean you're taking? Geno Smith. Gina Smith? It found the level. Yeah, and he's probably not playing tonight. He's probably not. Um, so, Drew Locke game tonight? Drew Locke, who played in a Liberty Bowl. That's right. Sure did. For Mizzou. That's right. Philadelphia minus four and a half. Are we sure Jalen Hurts is in there tonight? We do not know if Jalen Hurts. It sounds, from my, I, I saw, because me and John. Backup Robinson. Eagle better than backup Seahawk, though. Yeah. I think so. I think so. And the motivations. Seattle six and seven. I knew I, I, there was no way Tommy DeVito could stay ahead of that hype machine. Yeah, uh, I was. Yeah, no, that that was crazy. I we picked that. We both picked. We did the Giants. I on Sunday woke up and said, oh, "I'm not sure about this." There, there were there were a couple of things out there in sports this weekend when everybody can be wrong uh-huh. on the Giants. Yep, and on New Mexico State. That's another. Yep, that's that's true about that. Um, so I, I'm seeing the ticker at the bottom. It just went away. You just missed it, Brett. It said Jalen Hurts is expected to start tonight for so the miracle Eagles. cure for him. Maybe so, maybe Jordan Brown needs to go to Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Doctor. See, I I didn't know. I I hadn't seen the reports this weekend, but I knew that he was questionable. And then me and John were talking about it, and he was like, "Well, who's playing? Who's not playing?" We saw a video, Ian Rappaport. Um, uh, I think he was on NFL Network earlier today, and someone put it on Twitter, and he was like, yeah, Jalen Hurts traveled separately from the team, flew by himself, uh, but he's having flu-like symptoms and yada, yada, yada. He was like, I think he plays, but it's still up in the air, and he was like, for Gino, it's an uphill battle for him to play tonight. I digress. Did Penny do his normal Monday availability today? Or did he pass on it because of the game tomorrow? He might have passed on it. I think he passed on it today. Okay, I'm not. I'm not going to make a a federal case out of this. Mm -hmm. But we got to stop this sick stuff, don't we? Yeah, we 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 can't play this much longer, can we? No, no. I mean, Brett, it's been three weeks now, going on. Maybe four. And and here, here's where it's bogus on a lot of levels. Mm -hmm. If somebody really dug in at the next availability, Mm -hmm. well. Has he been to the doctor? I can't answer that HIPAA. Right. What does he have? Can't answer that HIPAA. Right. Come on, we know he's not sick. He's not sick. He's not sick. And it's like, it's become like a, uh, it's become like the... A wink and a nod. Yeah. Like... A joke. If he ever comes back. Right. And then, you know, oh yeah, if he ever comes back. Also, I mean, it can become knows. a distraction too as well. Certainly. He, he can be a very big distraction. Go away and stay away. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You, you, you could hurt the team. But Monday Night Football in Seattle where the 12th man will be, I guess, rocking. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but Seattle's not in playoff contention, are they? They're, I don't think so, no. I wonder if it could be the end for Pete Carroll. Hmm. 
ice. Ice. I don't think it would be change of scenery for him no, like for Belichick. No, 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 no. If it was, if it was it for him, it would be it, him. It's it. I th- and I think it would be him making a move. I don't think they would make a move off of him. But I could see him maybe saying, eh, I've had enough of this." Over the weekend in the NFL, Bryant, you were two and you were three and two. All right, three and two, and I was two and three. All right. Tonight, Philadelphia minus four and a half at Seattle. Who do you have? I take Seattle here. And I'm with you. I'm with Seattle. Feels like one of those games, and honestly, Brett, with the way the season like has the played points. out, I, it's good with the points. 17, 15 games, something. And, and honestly, ugly. if if I'm betting this, which I doubt I will, but if I'm actually going to bet this one, I almost feel more confident because that number will go up if Geno is announced as out, like right before the game starts, and that goes up to like six, six and a half, seven. I'm 100 percent taking the Seahawks because. Brett, look around this season. The backup quarterbacks have had so much success this season that wouldn't it just be... It's the year. I mean, wouldn't it be the most, you know, NFL thing for the Eagles who have all their starters, you know, need to win a game, go out and lose or have a close game to a Seattle Seahawks team that hadn't been very good this year with their starter and are starting a backup? That's how the NFL's been this year. All year long, we've enjoyed Monday afternoon and talking Monday night football with pick and preview and our big four quarterbacks. And we've had fun at Ruth's Chris Steakhouse on Monday night, mm-hmm. whether it's date night, a birthday, or after a big win, or just because raise a steak in celebration. At Ruth's Chris Steakhouse in the Regalia Shopping Center, you can hear the sizzles, and it's how celebrating and enjoying Monday night football should be done. And the holiday season, so much fun being being had there. For any occasion, treat yourself to one of the classic USDA Prime beef steak seasoned and broiled to perfection then serve sizzling hot on one of ruth's signature 500 degree plates trust us on the temperature and trust us on a great time at ruth's chris memphis in regalia with plenty of safe free parking kevin johnson the gm and jared wells his chef and they want everyone to know about the holiday get-togethers they're having including new year's eve they want to thank everyone for all the great Great customer interaction during this year. Open for lunch on Sunday, happy hour Monday through Thursday, 4 to 6, and on Sundays, 3.30 to 6, most hospitable steakhouse in town. Ruth's gift cards always available. Patented boiling method, hear the sizzles, and enjoy Monday night football on all the TVs. Visit RuthsChris.com to make a reservation and celebrate the right way, including New Year's Eve at Ruth's Chris Memphis. Your big four combined for Seattle and Philadelphia. Oh, I'm excited about this one, Brett. Number four for me, the one and only Brock Heward. If you watch a lot... You're the only one and and the only (laughs) one that picks him. Thank you. Thank you, Brett. Uh, Brock Heward, if you love watching... college football on the Fox Brock Networks. Hewitt. You have seen Brock Heward all season long with Jason Bonetti. Uh, he does a terrific job, also hosts a local um, radio show in Seattle and just a heck of a quarterback in his time. Uh, Seattle guy through and through. I don't remember Brock any quarterback play for him. I remember, I remember Rick Myra being better. But it was there. You know, okay. you just have to search for it. Okay. Number three for me, we're going to stick with Seattle. Matt Hasselback. I mean, how can you have a, 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 Super Bowl. a Seahawks list without old Matt? Now, this is a combined list. You're absolutely right, Brett. And here's where we get to the Eagles. Number two, Donovan McNabb. How do you have a, Super Bowl? a, a top four list? I think it should be in the Hall of Fame. I think absolutely. Number one for me. 
And I want anybody to argue me. Nick Foles. Nick Foles. Nick Foles, number one. Johnny, try to argue me. Man, Nick you Foles, had Johnny. so many people Nick to, Foles, to pick one. from. Who would you put and ahead pick, of Nick Foles? pick three of those four. I would have picked Donovan McNabb. Randall Cunningham. Donovan Randall, McNabb, Randall, Randall Cobb. I mean, McNabb, Randall Cunningham. Number two, Johnny. You're Ron Jaworski. See, man, there's so many. Dave Craig. Jim Zorn. I see why you picked Nick Foles, but why? But why? <laughs> I want a Super Bowl. Super Bowl MVP. Name another guy on my list that's a Super Bowl MVP. Has a statue. He do have a statue, Brett. I, I, I've got a Super Bowl winner, but not an MVP. Number four for me, Jalen Hurts. Good one. Three Michael Vick. Yeah. The Michael Vick Eagles too. chapter. Oh, it might have been better than the Atlanta chapter. Yeah. Uh, number two, Donovan McNabb. Yeah, that's a good one. Number one, Malcolm Smith was MVP on defense, uh-huh. one of the few defensive MVPs. But Russell Wilson in the New York City Super Bowl in that year. It's a good one. And what they did to Peyton, uh-huh. and everybody thought the Broncos were going to win. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, that's a really and a score agami in that game, 43 to 8. Was it really? Wow. Man, Brad, that's a, that's a really great list. That's a really great Thank list. Thank you, Johnny. Brian, now I'm thinking, how you forget Russell Wilson? You, you. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't much I don't much. Roman Gabriel with the Eagles. Yeah. Jalen Hurts now. I mean, NFL MVP. I mean, and no respect for Jalen Hurts. Nick Foles has a place in the in the Hall of Fame. Oh my, uh, he he does uh, in the lobby as a greeter. <laughs> yes, he does. Uh, Canton, I'm glad to have you here. Welcome. Right, o- right over here yeah, is yeah. a highlight reel of the uh, Philly Philly play. Oh, yeah. Great play. Here's Joe Namath bus. Here's yeah. Joe Montana bus. Uh-huh. And, and here's Nick Foles bus. <laughs> and, and after I had that good day, I was a bust. Yep. Well, I mean, <laughs> hey, Brett, we're not talking about what happened outside of those days. We're talking about him as an eagle. That's why he's number one. You know one thing that is inarguable about him? Delivered their only Super Bowl I mean, championship, I mean, and he was MVP of the game. I yes, mean, Brett, he, I he, mean, he played one, amazing that game. He gets you. that forever. He does. But isn't it like David Eckstein is MVP of the Cardinals 06 well, World Series run? Uh, uh, A little bit. Uh, maybe. I mean, not even David Freeze. Because uh, Freeze had good yes, moments after he that. he sure did. Um, but Nick Foles, to be able to step in... Win a Super Bowl, be MVP? Around the Super Bowl, we'll get to worst well, Super Bowl MVP. Oh, it certainly won't be Nick Foles. I mean. Chuck Alley, yeah. on a lose, the only MVP on a well, losing team. Yeah, that's, that's true. I didn't know that, Brett. Yeah, mm-hmm. with the Cowboys, Super Bowl five and the, the blunder fest. <laughs> the turnover fest. fest. I love that. No. And, and I, I, don't know, I don't know how they decided on that. John Mackey had a 75-yard touchdown catch in that game and was a legendary figure in the league then. Yeah. I mean, you knew he was going to Canton. I mean, were the, when they handed out the ballots, were, were the riders all drunk? I mean, maybe. Down Chuck Howley? It's a good, uh, I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. Defensively, Mike Curtis had a big interception, and you had a, a game-winning field goal in the last play of the game. But you, they didn't want to give it to a kicker. Well, and by that point, they all yeah, they, they, pro- all they had, didn't had want their really ballots filled. Yeah, <laughs> ballots have been filled out by halftime at that point. But now, I like your list, Brett. I wish I wish Thank somebody you, would like my list. I, you know? I liked it. I did not love it. I liked it though. <laughs> I'll take it. Well, I was disappointed in it, but that's a good you. word, Johnny. I'm a, you, Johnny. Because your parents I didn't, aren't mad you. at you; they're just disappointed. Yes, because Brian, I was very shocked. <laughs> I was shocked. 
Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> Mad at you is when you 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 break curfew by like four hours. Oh, oh yeah. Disappointed in you is when you come in and you lock the keys in the car. Oh, happened. Yeah. Oh man, Brett, happened to me plenty of times. <laughs> I mean, you ask my parents about locking keys in the car, you'll be there for two hours hearing about it. But oh, uh, that it's gonna be a fun game tonight uh, between the Seahawks and the Eagles. And just a reminder, you can listen to uh, that action right here on Sports 56 coverage starting at seven o'clock. Let's go ahead get to our final break of the day. When we come back, it'll be time for Taco Bell Crunch Time. We are real sports talk. Sports 56 WHBQ. Available on your radio dial at 560 AM and 98.5 FM, as well as around the world online at sports56whbq.com. Take us with you everywhere by downloading the Sports 56 app. And at home, just say, Alexa, play Sports 56. Wherever you are, stay tuned in to Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett & Dunn Boot & Jean Company in Collierville. Once again, here are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dakis. If I go Double steak grilled cheese burrito, so good. Double the steak with nacho cheese sauce, seasoned rice, red strips, sour cream, and the three cheese blend wrapped inside a warm flour tortilla with even more three cheese blend grilled on the top. The double steak grilled cheese burrito, it hits the spot now at Taco Bell. And at Taco Bell, when they say they are feeding people's lives with unexpected good, they mean it. Bowl food you can't get anywhere else. Well, Brad, I learned a lot of things today, and all of them revolve around football. The first thing I learned today, uh, I just got a flash of it on ESPN. It looks like Geno Smith um, is going to give it a go and start tonight for the Seahawks. But really what I learned today is all of the news going on with quarterbacks in the SEC. Um, the news earlier today, Jaden Daniels will skip out on LSU's bowl game in preparations for the NFL draft. And it looks like LSU has seemingly found their replacement for Jaden Daniels. A.J. Swan, the quarterback from Vanderbilt, has committed to LSU. I thought he, uh, you know, good player at Vanderbilt, just didn't really have a lot around him. But really, the yeah, big he's going to have to compete with Nussmeier. But. He really is, and and that that could be a good competition mm-hmm. um, in the spring and then in the fall. But what I really learned today, Carson Beck has decided to return to Georgia for the 2024 season, and as a result of that, um, top prospect Dylan Rayola. Um, has flipped his commitment from Georgia to Nebraska. And, Brett, you mentioned it earlier. Um, I'm sure he will be a day one starter next year for Nebraska. On a lot of these NIL deals around, I wish they would go back like the old school hat dance mm. on, oh, on yeah. National Signing oh, Day. Absolutely. Here's what I'd like to see. I think it'd be good TV. Mm-hmm. Get get down to the last two or three offers. Okay. Open up the envelope. Biggest check wins. Oh, 
I like it. I was like, game show. Whose check is bigger? Wouldn't that be fun? That would be fun. It's better than a hat dance. It sure is. I also learned this, and you, you haven't heard me talk about it hardly any today. Uh, yeah. There's no freak out for me at all about the Cowboys. I'm being serious here. Good. I know they lost in Buffalo, but that was when the schedule was released in May, mm-hmm. that was a loss. That's right. All, all this hyper freak out about the Cowboys, but the Cowboys, here's what it comes down to. They're playing for pass-fail. Mm-hmm. Not Super Bowl, but at least NFC Championship game. Anything shy of that is a fail. Mm-hmm. Just like the Tigers here in Memphis. Yeah. Not Final Four, mm. second weekend. Yeah. Anything not into the second weekend, it's fail. Yeah. No, I think you're right. What I could have done without was... Uh, what Dylan Brooks did to the Memphis Tigers Friday night just came to the Grizzlies. in or to the Grizzlies, yeah. excuse me, to the Grizzlies. I mean, came in was teary eyed after the tribute video. We did get a stare down um, before the game, but then to hit the nail biter clutch shot to end it. Um, I mean, that was brutal. But I mean, honestly, for Dylan Brooks, maybe not for you Grizzlies could see fans, it coming too. I mean, but for Dylan Brooks, that is the perfect way to close his chapter as a Memphis Grizzly. And now, haven't we all kind of moved on? Absolutely. I mean, he's on the other team now. Absolutely. Thank you for your service, but, you know, doesn't deserve any extra enmity Mm -hmm. or or appreciation. I could have done without. Please stop national media. The Giants were never in the playoff picture. Stop the Tommy DeVito slob fest that they've been on. New York has a big idea of itself. They really do, whether Mm -hmm. it's Tommy DeVito or Jeremy Lin, the Knicks or the Jets. It's a bunch of loudmouth blowhards. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Where are you beaming tonight? Eagles at Seahawks mm-hmm. at Lumen Field, home of the 12th man. Seattle leads the series 12-7 all-time, 1-0 in postseason. First met December 12th, 1976. Jim Zorn for the Seahawks mm. against Roman Gabriel. Huh. Now, it's going to be a fun game tonight. Uh, just remind anybody that's just tuning in or missed it earlier, we're going to be uh, carrying that game tonight. Cover starts at 7 p.m. right when we're done um, with Rebel. 11 Yell. NBA games tonight. 11 NBA games. It's a really good slate. Uh, also, 19 college basketball games. Nothing that really jumps out to me. Uh, I'm going to beam to the Grizzlies and the Thunder tonight. Just get it over with. Just get it over with. Put a bow on these first 16 25 and eight games. Thunder. Yeah, a really good and a really fun um, Thunder team. So let's get this game over with. And then to, tomorrow, it'll be wall-to-wall jo- job talk in preparation for the return game tomorrow. It will. And it'll be fun to watch that tomorrow night in New Orleans. Knicks at Lakers late tonight at Crypto. Lakers at home still celebrating that that big franchise moment of the yep. in-season tournament win. That's right. Uh, never mind that loss to San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Everybody just keeps saying how much the in-season tournament means. That's right. Speak it into existence. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I don't know what they've done since the Lakers, but I, that stat that I saw um, last week of that they were seven and zero in uh, in season tournament games and like seven and ten in games outside of the in season tournament. Brett, you know, you know, with all this talk about the bowl games mean something, the in season tournament means something to the Lakers. Great point. <laughs> Everybody wants to run the bowls down and in the same breath tell me how much the in season tournament mattered. Great point.
I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. But um, it, it, I guess, worked out for the NBA, and we'll be getting it um, next year for sure. But, no, you're right. A really loaded slate in the NBA. It's going to be fun. Three games starting in just a couple of minutes. Grizzlies Thunder at 7 o'clock tonight, and then we'll wrap it up um, with a couple of 9 o'clock games, a 9.30 game in their Knicks and Lakers, like you mentioned a second ago. But that's all the time we have. Enjoy your night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow afternoon.